Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet. No GPS. No text messages. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Walking Dead TV podcast, episode 257. This is Russ. And once again, full house uh, for this episode, which is uh, probably a good thing because uh, it, it was a pretty big deal. Um, mm-hmm. But we have Aaron. Hey, Rich. Hey. Who's, who's barely alive himself. No. <laughs> Jim. Hey, can you direct me to the sweaters? I, heard it's, I think it's going to be a tough winter. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and Daryl Taylor. <laughs> Henry did. <laughs> <laughs> now, don't get ahead of yourself. You'd want to. Oh, you'd want a snuggie, yeah. though, Daryl. Like not. You'd, you'd be asking where the snuggie section was. Oh, I would definitely want the snuggie section because it's going to be a cold winter. Uh, but we're just going to get right into it. There wasn't any news really this week. Um, I'll, I think a lot go, went on this episode. Uh, I have a lot of notes, uh, and hopefully we'll get through that. Um, but but this episode started. Uh, it was it was just kind of peaceful, tranquil. You know, group mm-hmm. is wandering in the woods, and uh, they kill some walkers, uh, and they find the hilltop. And you can tell they're a couple. They're they're I don't know. who knows if they. If, if they're a couple because of the apocalypse or they're a couple before the apocalypse right. or w- whatever the situation All is. All that matters is they're in love. That's right. Um, they find the hilltop and they make it their home. And we see that the, the lady uh, is actually making these coins uh, with the big H logo for the hilltop, which were pretty cool. Hilltop uh, or yeah. hope. That's a good step for hope. Well. Yeah. Oh, well, not much now. Um, and... Uh, or hell. Yeah, and then we find out it's five years later. So they've been in Hilltop for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Thriving. Uh, as a, yeah, as a, as a part of the community. And the fair comes up, and they decide to, to gather up a bunch of their stuff, and they have this nice wood box you know, with, mm-hmm. the, with the big Hilltop. I guess it's become the Hilltop logo. Um, yeah, that's right. It's the yeah. rock, baby. Yeah. And uh, they gather up all their stuff, and they're part of a group that's headed off to the fair. Uh, and they have that look of, we are going to die. Yeah. I got, this is the corniest stuff, everything that happens in the first like, 40 minutes. <laughs> we are to, going to die. Complete to the golden hair that she has and everything, oh, just to symbolize how yeah. innocent this oh, is. Oh, my yeah. gosh. It's so, like, over the... I, 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 I expected so harps to be playing from Bear McCreary <laughs> at was, some point. If you listen, if you listen, they were there. <laughs> Our love is so great. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome when they kill us. Like I was literally wondering if, like, are they spoofing something right now? <laughs> like, They're like, spoofing themselves because they yeah. know you can never yeah. be happy on the walk. You cannot day. be happy. They cannot if they show one ounce of happiness, and they had five years of it. Yeah, but you're yeah. gonna die. Just like, yeah, you're my boyfriend. Yeah, somebody's dying. 
So that was the way I felt when I found out that the fair was called the fair of new beginnings. Or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was like, yeah, right. Beginnings. <laughs> and, fair, fair of new endings. And new endings. That's right. Uh, but, but then we cut, ob- uh, of course, to the carts overturned. All the stuff is everywhere. Uh, and the nice blonde lady is dead. <laughs> And mm-hmm. Alpha comes up and scalps her uh, to, to use her head as a wig. And come on, director. Don't have the camera come up a little and then go back down. Just show us cutting her, her scalping her. Right, this, this episode's not short on <laughs> gory yeah. imagery. Well, Man. that's what I'm saying. Why do a jarring camera movement um, up and then back down? It just was, I don't know. Oh, I suppose, I suppose you wanted to see all the kids get slaughtered last I'm week, too. I'm saying. Couldn't she just find a wig? Right? I mean, yeah, she did find a wig. <laughs> no, 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 I'm saying, you know, it would have been a lot easier for her to just, you know, go to the apocalypse, you know, Kmart that's been shut down and find a wig. She exactly. rejects all that, Jim. That's all a joke to humanity. Oh, yeah. It, she's about the earth. She's she all about the struggle. seeing her cry. Mm. I don't think she's going wig shopping. <laughs> mm. Sad. So that's where we get the the cold open is is the sequence here, um, and we come back. We we go back to the kingdom, and the king is addressing his subjects and the people at the fair, and has his nice little speech next to his uh, Shiva statue, his Shiva paper, statue, paper yeah. mache. Yeah. yeah, the king's speech of you. Yes, what? the king's speech. Yeah, he speaks very elegantly, no stuttering he whatsoever. He speaks so well. Yes. <laughs> he's no Colin Firth. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's put together this whole social network of communities and really won out, after all. Yeah, and he, he specifically calls out Rick and Carl for, uh, you know, them really f- trying to foster this concept of community. Mm-hmm. And Did he read the note that Carl left for him? He probably yeah, said it, it, it was. It said one day you're going to give a great speech to unite the communities, and yes. we're going to have a camera cut away to Sadiq at the same time. Somehow Carl knew <laughs> stage, he knew stage directions also at the same time. And he ends it with he speaks so well. Mm-hmm. With with how much they revere Rick, which it's up to us as the viewer if that's good or not. But you would think that before there's a Sheba statue, there would have been a Rick Grimes statue. You think they would have made Rick out of paper mache? I'm saying. Oh, just wait until the after the end of this season, they'll unveil some fucking hey. statue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the lady carving up the coins, maybe she can carve up a tree. What's uh what's She's Tammy's not carving anything. husband? What's Tammy's husband's name? He's the blacksmith, right? Earl. Earl. Yeah. Earl. I'm, I'm sure once Earl puts the baby down, uh, he'll, you know, get back to carving that bronze statue of Rick they've been working on for like Or six once months. Henry learns that oh wait, never mind. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Pull one out. Too soon? <laughs> uh, and then, like all good speeches, in the end, he thanks Jesus. <laughs> Don't we all? Who uh, died, died last season? <laughs> that, that must really throw off newcomers <laughs> to the communities. Like, what? Jesus? <laughs> no, I think what would throw newcomers off to the community would be, why does he have a giant... Paper mache tiger. <laughs> Pretty much. That's I don't true. get it. I don't. That's true. Yeah. That's Why true. is there a paper mache tiger up there? I don't know. In mm. any world, it doesn't make any sense if you don't know. Is it like a? <laughs> is it like a float or something? I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. These kids probably handed out a pamphlet that had like crayon drawings of all the history of the kingdom and everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, somebody's keeping a blog, but an analog version, like in a book, you know, um, a journal. Yeah. Oh, for sure. 
So after the speech, it's funny, they decide to name it. Um, and I like the back and forth that Jerry and uh, and Ezekiel have. And, of course, they name it the, the Fair of New Beginnings is what they <laughs> Sorry, I, did, I couldn't write down whatever ridiculous initial title they had that Jerry announced before Ezekiel. Was like, it was like an acronym for fair, wasn't it? It was something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Seriously. Carl Chella. <laughs> Carol decides she's going to go leave and go off looking for Henry and the group. Uh, And just as the the king and her kind of disagree over whether that should be a thing, the gates open up and in comes Michonne and Daryl and Henry and the the whole the whole crew. Well, the Uh, king was all like, I should go, too. It's like, you can't go. No one's going to look like it's going to look weird that we're all This is your thing, man. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. You just gave that speech. (laughs) Yeah. I thought it was interesting that I, I guess I never really thought about it, but they haven't seen Judith in quite some time. Yeah, uh, Carol oh, and Ezekiel yeah. like that. They almost, you know, it was like, oh my god, this is Judith, and she barely remembers Carol other than to say, "Your hair is long." Uh, well, think about it. The whole thing with um, Jocelyn happened. She was still pregnant with RJ, so that's only nine months ish after the Rick going away and all of that stuff. So she pretty much shut down after the whole Jocelyn thing. So it's been at least five years since they've seen Judith. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I I just didn't think about it too much. I I don't know why I assumed that they would have had some interaction with each other, but well, maybe it's like a, it's a, it's a wrinkle when you have someone as young as Judith, where you can think of like Daryl, you know, having seen somebody for years, like, well, yeah, Daryl's an adult. He can remember somebody, but Judith's right, like, yeah, right. she's coming up into this world as a, you know, a tiny infant and becoming into her own ridiculous little mini Rick. So it's, it's a little different. Like I get it. Yeah. Um, excuse me, but it's little ass kicker. But not no more. It ain't. No <laughs> <laughs> she grew out of those britches. Uh, but it was just kind of a neat, neat moment. Like family, the, the families were kind of reunited, right? Like Henry's, you know, Henry's back and, you know, they've kind of taken Lydia in and, you know, Daryl's there and, you know, Michonne, you know, is back. it's just like, the, you know, the, the family is, is together. And, and it's interesting cause, cause Michonne is ready to make amends. Like after the last episode and kind of how things went down, she's, she's ready to, to, to truly, uh, make amends with the rest of the team and, and or with the rest of the communities and realizes they have to work together. You know, they need to, to, you know, just given this new threat and, and just every, you know, again, kind of being reminded of what the purpose of, you know, what Rick and Carl wanted uh, has kind of, has kind of sparked and, and, you know, Judah spurring it on has kind of sparked her to, to want to play nice with everybody. To, uh, I'm sorry to pause for a second. I, I, was not able to listen to last week's episode. Uh, were you guys all positive on what happened last week? As far as oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I I have a feeling. I just wanted to make sure. So yeah, I do appreciate the kind of next steps of this all as far as getting us from there to kind of understand that backstory to yeah to here now where Michonne is coming into this thinking I want to do this better. I want to I I want to make this work now. I've gotten the kind of a handle on things. And yeah, it, it speaks. There's a lot of places this goes, but I like this early part, especially when she's with the leaders, and she said she she announces it as if like, yeah, I want to be a part of this again. But she's also she still has this hesitance, as if she's 
worried about what their reaction is going to be if they're just going to throw it in her face and say no or whatnot. Like there's, it doesn't happen, but there is like a bit of acting there as far as her nervousness of saying, "Hey, I'm sorry. Let's do this now." Yeah, and and the whole bit with uh, with Tara, where she kind of gets a lesson in cross loyalties, right? Like she's worried about. Uh, you know, keeping Lydia around. Like, I didn't agree to this. And everybody's like, well, w- you know, what about everybody else that was on the other side of the coin for a while before they weren't? Um, and, you know, especially when they Including tell her, you know, herself. Like, yeah, it's like, hey, yeah. you were on the other mm-hmm. side of that firing line with the governor and look at where you are now. And she's like, yeah, I guess, yeah, okay. I guess you're right. It's, it's a good point to, like, I see the both sides. I like this whole scene because. Again, it's about community politics, which I'm really into for whatever reason on the show. And I, I like that. I, I do like that they turn it around on her. But she's also right to question something as heinous as she was a part of the people that wear skin on their faces group. Maybe we should think about this a bit before they kind of, yeah, the, you were with the, the the governor and his craziness. So whatever. Yeah, I, I it's good. It's a good it's and it, it, it works well playing off of history of the series, which is. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's something at time that we've mentioned, like, hey, they never make a big deal about the fact that Tara was on the governor's side for a while, you know? So right. the fact that they, they kind of brought that up to her, I think was it was a good callback as well. Yeah, I think it, it also it only really matters to certain folks. I mean, it matters as, as a whole as far as this is part of this person's origin story, I suppose. But as far as who it directly impacted, you would think, you would think like Maggie and Glenn and people closer to that you know that that group because of you know the governor killed Herschel and all that and what, and what right. have you. I really like just seeing them all have their powwow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you know, that was cool just to see them all come together after being you know estranged for so long. Yeah, the declaration signing was cool. Yeah, it was like their own little NATO, right? Like it, yeah. an attack on one of us is an attack on all of us, and you know they they Terrace says, "Well, what are we going to spit shake on it?" and of course, Ezekiel has the the old charter that he pulls out uh, <laughs> from the, like, the microwave would. or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I it's, love that Carol has embraced the title of queen now. Oh yeah, <laughs> who wouldn't? <laughs> well, she was pushing against it before. She's always been my queen. Oh yeah, <laughs> Yas queen. I um, when Tara suggested spit, I've been I've been watching. I've been watching Deadwood. And Me so too. A lot of, so I, I so I've never seen Deadwood before. This is my first Me time watching. Either. So and it's great, but there's a lot of spit Isn't shaking the in the series, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> I know. That's exactly what I thought of too. <laughs> yeah. Join Aaron and I for our we watch Deadwood 15 years later podcast. Starting <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to get that going. <laughs> I watched uh, it when it aired, but I need I need to go back and rewatch it all before the movie comes it's out. It's been so long. It's been years. I, I hate to like break it to you, Chubb, but I don't think Yas Queen means what you think it means. Yeah, I, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it's it like El, It's kind of like El Guapo and like, Plethora. Uh, know, I, I don't think that means what you mean. You think the means. only time I've heard that phrase was on that movie Blockers. Uh-huh. That's it. That's the only time. So that's you, might, you might you might want to workshop that a little bit. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, you got to get awoken about your terms. Yes. <laughs> Do you mean woke? Yes, but it's grammatically incomprehensible. <laughs> Some of my favorite lines of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> he is not, as you say, awake. <laughs> Just know that in the back of my mind as we recap this, we keep recapping this episode, Russ and I are going to keep thinking of possible names for the Deadwood podcast that we're definitely <laughs> <laughs> 
we'll just be workshopping that for a while. Yes. Anyway, they go without the charter, and, and, and Ezekiel's like, suck it, John Hancock. I'm going to make it huge on mine, and right yeah. by name all big. I like that Michonne yielded and let uh, and let Gabriel sign, and she says, "No, it should be the it should be the head of the council." So again, a lot of humbling from from Michonne, and a lot of mm. I don't know. I just I just again, I really like that they're kind of reversing course with her and and making her want to be a part of something bigger again. Yeah, yeah they got to do something before she leaves the show. <laughs> <laughs> It'd also be weird if, like, the Secretary of Defense just like just assigned the the uh, the national like whatever the dec- the declaration to, to yeah. uh, together. It's like, why is she on here again? Um, and, and then we cut back out to the fair, and it's really cool. There's a lot of you know it demonstrations going on. There, you know, Earl's teaching people how to blacksmith. It looks like there's like a cooking demonstration. There's um, CPR class that's going on with uh, Enid and, and Sadiq. So it, it was real cool. And, and the dunking booth, I thought the bit with Judith was funny where they were kind of making fun of her with throwing sidearm or whatever it was. And, of course, she nails it on the first on the first throw. It mm-hmm. didn't make it in the show, but evidently in the script, it was the highwaymen provided the mannequins for the CPR booth. That makes sense. They had the mannequins. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's a big long shot too. That whole yeah. That's actually it's a really good shot because yeah, it does yeah. involve that dunk tank, which has to be you know choreographed exactly right because the camera's sweeping through the entire fair, following Dumb Henry and Lydia, and they're walking with their candied apples and all that, and. It like goes past a few things. You see some like all uh, the textiles and the clothing and what have you, and then yeah, you get to a shot of someone taunting Judith. And is it somebody? Is it somebody on there in particular that we know on the in the dunk tank, or is it just like some random dude? I thought it was one of the highwaymen. I but... figured it would be. It's like uh, I figured it was somebody. I just couldn't like get a focus on. Wasn't it? it was wasn't it Ozzy? No, I don't, I don't think it was. I don't oh, think it was Ozzy. Because he has a distinct voice yeah. too. I mean, like how he was taunting her. But regardless, yeah, it, it was but, a really cl- it was a really good shot as, as as a whole as far as getting us to like really see what this fair is. So, like we've been, you know, we've been joking about the fair or whatnot. But I think the episode does a great job of showing us how meaningful this fair is and what it's supposed to represent and everything that's going on within it. It's not just like like I think it does a better job than the book. Honestly, the book you get it. It's like okay, there's a fair. And I guess they don't they have like a Ferris wheel in the or not a fair? Yeah, no, a Ferris wheel. Don't they have a Ferris wheel in the fair? I'm remembering that there was, but I don't know. There's like something. Li- there's something like elaborate, like that. Maybe it's not fair. So I'm trying. It's been a while I, since I read it, but I do like how this, like this, like bit of normalcy in the fair, kind of lets them mm-hmm. have these little character moments too. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, uh, the Ezekiel and Carol. You know, our son is taking a girl on a date to the movies tonight. You know, and and stuff like that, and um, just these little moments to really like, um, you know, seeing Yumiko and Magna like actually kiss. You know, confirming that that relationship, things like that. You know, hey, there's a there's a sorry, go. Uh, nothing. Go ahead. I was just because there's a lot of good. Yeah, you're exactly right, Joe. There's a lot of good stuff like that. And what I like about the cold open is that it does. You you are aware there's something coming. You should be aware of that anyway because it, they're way too happy. But I but exactly. that makes me that made me appreciate the extra happy cold open even more because it's like okay. The, the the epitome of happiness is happening right now with these the people like with a box full of hope literally in their hands before they get slaughtered, um, and so you're always aware that Alpha is there. Alpha is just, there's something's going on that's going to kind of wreck this, and so it is a waiting game. But instead of making it a kind of too too saccharine or having it too 
just not meaningful. You are getting things that work for the characters you're you're you know invested in, and I, especially for book readers, there is a kind of who is going to be at the end of this not coming out so well. I mean, we could certainly speculate as to who would be based off what the book shows us, but you know, not everything's going to line up. So as someone that already knows that something's going to happen, and even what that particular thing most likely is, I am still on the edge of my seat while appreciating what they're doing to get us to that point. I can look at certain characters and think, well, they're here, but they're, now they're not here. Are they gone? I don't know. So there's, there's a lot of that, yeah. I think, throughout this episode, I think really helps it work without feeling like it's cheating or anything like that exactly it's like the double layer of hey we get to see all these people you know having fun and like letting their guard down and actually being themselves in these character moments but then there's that uh, other layer bubbling underneath when you're like you know this isn't gonna last you if you've ever watched this show at all (laughs) starts yeah exactly you just don't know when the 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 hammer is going to drop we had a really nice moment with connie and um and Kelly, mm-hmm. where she was, mm-hmm. they were talking to each other, and she's like, "Hey, you just left. You 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 went all away, and you know, every time somebody leaves, could be the final. You know, could, that could be the final goodbye. Like that could be the last time I see you." Right. And she kind of explained her reasons, you know, why, and you know, the, the about the kid and and everything else, and um, and then Kelly just kind of got it. She's like, "Okay, yeah, no, I I, I get it." But it was it was just a really nice moment, and again, it was all. Um, because they're both hearing impaired, it was all subtitled. Um, so mm-hmm. it was just a nice, I don't know, it was just a nice quiet Which, moment. I, could they use a bigger font and not white? Because, man, it was difficult to read. I don't know, maybe it was just me, but... I actually do agree. Weird. I do. And no, uh-huh. knowing a thing or two about how specific certain filmmakers are on how they choose these things, it's like, yeah, they probably could have <laughs> made that a little bit bigger on the show. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I, I never don't see like Nicotero's name on here whenever he's credited. It feels like the subtitles could be a little bigger. Uh, but one of the things I, I kind of glossed over is they they all decide based on what happened to get you know Hilltop is kind of under defended, and because of this treaty, they agree to send some fighters over to Hilltop to just kind of shore things up because they know or they're pretty sure that the Whisperers are if they're going to go anywhere, they're going to come after Hilltop because they know they know where Hilltop is. They know uh, they're going to be looking for Lydia, and that's where they're going to go. The mutual protection pact. Exactly. At this point, they don't have any reason to believe that they that the whispers know where the kingdom or Alexandria are. Yeah, it's a. I think that's a little naive on their part. <laughs> sure. No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I like. I, I'd be curious how Rick would have handled something. Oh, he'd probably have the same. Oh, he'd probably be like, "We got to go out and get them right now. Fuck the fair. We'll get them now. Get them. <laughs> we won't stop till they're dead. Till the families are dead." Um, so Michonne, yeah. So Michonne's going to go with them. By the so way, you're, like, I'm sorry. Your Rick Grimes impression is uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was sitting here with Andrew Lincoln himself. Amazing, <laughs> amazing. Bravo. Just call me Andrew P. Lincoln. <laughs> Do it again. I missed it. My uh, uh, Skype dropped me. <laughs> you're gonna have to wait and listen to the show, then, buddy. Exactly. Chubbs. Was lost. There's was no more bones. cake here, Chubbs. <laughs> hey, hey, didn't you get chills? Hairs on my arm are standing up. Yeah, I can hear the listeners leaving. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's quite a crew they're assembling. It's like Michonne and Daryl and Magna and Yumiko and 
I mean, yeah, eventually, the, eventually the highwaymen team up with them. But right, yeah, right. It's 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 that's like the core. That's the dependables that they they're working with. Yeah. Um, and then Michonne talks to Sadiq, and you know, she, he, he she should stay there. And so there's something comes up about a kid, and he makes a crack, and she's like, well, "What does that mean?" And he's like, oh, "I'll tell you when you get back." Um, so he's he obviously Michonne doesn't know he's about to to be a daddy. Mm-hmm. She really leaves her. It's like you could have. It's like three more lines. You could have just said that. You yeah. Like wait till I get back. Don't like don't don't leave Michonne in the lurch. <laughs> Um, so Henry starts talking to Addie and she apologizes for kind of ratting out Lydia, but you know, she didn't want anybody to get in trouble. And then those two douchebags go up to, to Lydia and basically tell her like, Hey, you're not going to start any trouble because like Addie likes Henry and I think uh, the, he likes her. And it's like, what is this? Yeah, we don't Sorry, like your kind round here. It's our little Riverdale moment here. Yeah. I was just saying, uh, <laughs> you for a minute here. And those little my friend has a crush on your friend. You better stay away from him. Yeah, because uh, well. he gets in jingle jangle. I was it's... waiting for Henry to break out the "Do you <clears throat> like me?" check yes or no note. Well, he won't be doing that. Yeah, yeah those oh. kids like, <laughs> like they they introduced us to they introduced us to them, and we're already like. No, we don't need this. And then they like, let's double down on that. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, let's make them doubly horrible. Before we, you know, dispatch them for good. <laughs> like it's almost like yeah. the show wants us to hate and like be very satisfied with seeing their zombie heads on bikes. That's what it felt like. Yeah. It's so over the top. And That's what it felt like. Hell, I feel sorry for that actor family. First Sophia, then the little brother playing mm-hmm. young Henry, now the older brother playing Henry. I don't think they've all landed on their feet, though. So, oh yeah, uh, their yeah. heads. Are they have any more kids to kill off on the show? Yeah, maybe. No, well, I'll give them speaking lines, then you'll know. Family tree dot com. We'll figure it out right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, poor that one. Was it Addie? Poor, poor Addie. Like she, she did yeah. nothing wrong. She's just like, hey, this, 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 <laughs> this screw up is kind of cute. Let me like keep going with it. Uh, that didn't work out. Yeah. Oops. Uh. So it went for Alden. Actually, that didn't work out either. So never mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tara says she's going to stay behind, but that she's going to head over to the next the next day. Um, she wants to show her people that she's you know behind them and she's there and she's not you know going to just abandon them in, in a time of need. Um. That's where this is where Gabriel gives like. He get, he gives like some like nice words at first. He's like, I don't think they they need to worry about that. And he gives like a big long smile. And then he gives like a really creepy look to Tara. It's like, okay, yeah. let's stop focusing. It to me, this is where the the episode kind of tipped that Tara was going to be among the people because it's like there's a lot of investment in this right now. Yeah, which felt I, typical. The only for- reason I thought I honestly thought it was going to be Gabriel. Um, really? Yeah. Well, for a couple reasons, but. One, but one of them too was I'm like okay they got rid of uh, they got rid of Maggie they got rid of Jesus so that leaves Tara I'm like it, it just seemed odd that they would have all three of the people that that were leaders at the hilltop just I mean I guess Gregory if you count Gregory that's four but you know basically leaving nobody kind of of importance mm-hmm. at at the hilltop like it just it seemed it it didn't seem like the obvious choice to me. 
I can All see I that. know is I would never want to be elected to be in charge of Hilltop. Yeah, Hilltop, uh, Hilltop, Hilltop leader is not, not the best of the positions. <laughs> right. I, I, I can see what you're saying, Russ, and I am curious as to what happens next at Hilltop. I mean, they mm-hmm. have to find an excuse to have Maggie come back, right? So this probably might be it. Because right? uh, she, she has like, does she have one more episode and next week's the season finale, right? So she yeah. So we come back. Um, spoilers, maybe? I don't know. Um, but I think the, the, the show seems to have so much resting on this like baby mama drama involving Sadiq and Gabriel and Rosita. And that Eugene. I care nothing about. Yeah, I know. I care nothing, nothing about. And about. If, anything, yeah, you, if anything, you probably could have killed one of them because then there's one less like baby daddy to worry about in this show. But I, I feel like the show's been doing so much setup with that that you're, right. you, got, you, you need Gabriel since he's in this weird, like, dramatic position of whether to do the father or not. Uh, I guess, I mean, I don't know. I guess you still have Eugene to kind of fill that 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 role, but... Yeah, for I don't deny... I mean, it, it could have been anybody. I mean, we, we I assume most sure. of us probably thought it was going to be two people that weren't there, so... Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, well, yeah, there's I a, honestly, and, may, and I, I may be the only one, tell me if you guys did too, but I, for a minute, when I knew we were getting to the to that scene, thought... What if this was the moment where Maggie was deciding to come back and they caught her and her head is on the pike? No, I never thought that. Yeah, you know. Know. yeah, you're pretty much the only one, buddy. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, they got a... I wasn't there, no. Oh. Although the way Whiskey Cavalier has been going... <laughs> well, I don't think they're getting rid of it. Exactly, I don't think they'll... You know, write that off, write her possible. off. I didn't think it was possible to have ratings as low as that. It's not there yet. No, it's not there yet. <laughs> It'll be Scott Foley's head on the bike. <laughs> uh, who's that? It's uh, That's Dave. Yeah, we met him on the trails. Poor Dave. <laughs> Poor <laughs> Dave. <laughs> Wasn't he on Felicity? Yeah, it's him. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, back 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 on topic. Um, I did think the episode was t- was tipping its hat a lot as far as giving Tara a lot of like, I'm so great being the leader now. I'm so comfortable mm-hmm. with this position. Look how yeah. look how involved in this episode I am this week. <laughs> like, there's a, I found there's a my place. I finally found my place. <laughs> and I, and the, it's not like I was confirmed in my thought on that at the time either. But at the same time. I did still find it shocking. It was like, oh, well, that, that's someone that's actually been, I mean, of the people that we find to be gone, it's like that, to me, was the most impactful just given how much of a role she's had on the show compared to everybody else that's on a pike. Yeah, so, right. Sure. Uh, to Daryl, uh, Connie goes up to Daryl. Her, her and Daryl kind of have another moment. Yeah, we and, did. We did. And Connie you know, tells her, hey, be careful. And mm-hmm. um, and he's like, hey, could you feed, feed my dog while I'm gone? Um, and so he leaves dog behind. Yeah, we're good. I will say I, I was suspicious that Connie was going to die this episode because I, I think they yeah because I I, yeah. I felt I felt like you needed to give Daryl something to be like really upset about and it's like well he's for they they spent a lot of time giving us this relationship which I think is quite good she's not quite one of the characters that's you know right like the whole Magnus whole group has not quite been like you know around long enough for you to think they're completely safe if you want to get rid of one of them that would be a shocking one to go they don't so it doesn't matter ultimately but I just I thought there was a chance that that could have been. One of the uh, the ultimate kills. Did you yeah. catch Daryl's little look back though? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm shipping them. I, I, I think that was a look back towards the dog. He's like, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not kidding. I think it was. I think it was like, oh, hey, you're, you're, you're shipping all... Daryl, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're shipping Daryl and the dog. No, no I was Daryl. That's gross, dude. 
Darny. I'm calling him Darny. Not shipping the dog, just the idea that he's he's trusting the dog with somebody else, which I do think is a sign of growth on Daryl's part. Yeah, that means a lot. But I thought that's what I thought that's what the look was towards the idea that he's trusting somebody to hold on to his dog. Oh, I thought it was one of those, you know. You thought he wanted Netflix and Quill with with Connie? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, The king, uh, when Daryl's leaving, the king offers, you know, hey, if. When all this is over, if or when you're done, if you want to come back here, there's a place for you here. You know, you could, you could be here. And um, damn, you don't get no danger sense at all. I guess Daryl is at old top now, right? I guess that makes sense. Well, yeah, yeah that does make sense. Yeah, I'm trying yeah, to yeah, think about that. that. Yeah, he's probably the logical lead at this point. <laughs> you know, that that forces him to have to, yeah, to take a stronger role. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's his fault. Sure. Uh, so mean, they all take off. Uh, they leave the the kingdom while the fair is going on, and uh, eventually they come across the highwaymen, and they take them to the cart that we see at the beginning of the episode, and that everybody's been slaughtered. And um, you know, he even asks, you know, if they, if, what did he ask them if they're scalped or or something like that? Yeah, um, something. I, I can't remember the specific thing, but I was so I was when they even when it said Angus Samson in the credits, I was like, yes, there's gonna be more highway men this episode because I'm so like, I'm so caught up in them because they're so cool to me. And now we're I like, love awesome. them. Yeah, I'm I so glad they're gone. Like I have been looking forward to like, man, it'd be cool if like the communities create like a Texas Rangers kind of thing, and it's the highwaymen and they just patrol the roads between the they, communities. They were they were the herbs of the Walking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> But no, we can't have anything nice. Yeah, that would have been good to use them for the war. Um, so the team decides to split in two because they 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 realize that you know they they need to find out what happened. Daryl kind of finds the trail, um, but but they're you know they, they don't know what's going on. So they decide to split up, um, and uh, so it's like you know Yumika and Magna split. Which I thought that was kind of a clue there that maybe something was going to happen to either one of those two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I, I think we were thinking too much like if we have to balance everything, surely what if Magda's group has to be dead? Right. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. <laughs> um, so also made up, me think. Which also made me think. Well, Dan Fogler seems like the biggest star to be not utilized very much. Clearly, he could be expendable. Like just to make yeah. that kind of shocking. Oh, no, I want to see more out of his character. I would too, but I also wouldn't be surprised given that he, you know, has yeah. like movies he stars in occasionally. Exactly. Like yeah. I could see him being like, "Yeah, I signed on so I could have this big shocking death moment, so I can go back." Well, to the wizarding and world after this. If they are going to kill him off or whatever, at least utilize him while you have him. Because, like, I feel like he's just been this, like, afterthought the whole time. Hey, he was, we cared so much about him when he and Bearded Alden were taken away by the, you know, the walk. The walk. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think we, couldn't, we couldn't stop stressing about the fact that they were kidnapped. I think after that Crimes of Grindelwald uh, movie, he might have a little time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he was pretty much the only good thing in that movie. I saw it heard. Okay, forget it. Guess. Let's just get back to the show. Yep. Yeah, we're hitting harsh times for Daryl here. Yeah. Uh, so after the team splits up, they go on their way, uh, and then a bunch of walkers attack. And this was a really – so I think the editing in this – again, another – we mentioned this last episode, but I think this episode too, the editing really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so Agreed. this sequence where the, you know, the best fighters arguably on the show 
are all able to just go crazy on uh, you know walkers attacking, and they do and, these. You know, right. they're all slashing and and you know with the with the bow and arrow and the crossbow yeah. and the quick cuts and you know kind of the swirling and everything. It was just a really. I, yeah. I just thought it was a really well done. It was you know, like we got yeah. this. Like we got this. this it was a. Uh, what was that? It's the episode where Alexandria is attacked and they go in. There's like, we can do this. And they have like all these really like comic booky stylish shots of Rick mm-hmm. and everybody like killing all of the walkers, which is right out of the comic, too. Yeah, it felt it felt like that. And it did. that's a fun like way to do an action sequence with zombies as far as like, yeah, just give us like huge profile shots of each of yeah. the actors just doing best signature moves. Best. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you have like the dream team right there to work with. Oh, for right. Sure. Right. Yeah. Sword yeah, Slash. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a cool little sequence as well, which old which means nothing <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Um, so ultimately, they you know they they get surrounded by um, by the whisperers, mm-hmm. and they're completely surrounded. And of course, up up walks Beta and tells them to drop their weapons. It's like oh no, okay. uh, and then if, if for a second there, I thought that maybe like my DVR glitched or something weird. Cause it like, we get a rewind, right? We go back to mm-hmm. when they're all leaving. And then immediately I was like, Oh, okay. Now we're going to find out what happened to them after, after Daryl's. And this is also no. the point where direct TV customers lost the show off their DVR. There was a big backlash last night about it. I lost mine an hour in. It was right when, uh, it's later on, it's right when Lydia sits down, or, sorry, Alpha sits down with Lydia in the theater, and that's when the episode stopped. It's like, oh, all right. All right. And then I just walked to my computer and watched it online, so it didn't matter. But still, oh, they it was a little annoying. Oh, they didn't extend it? They didn't extend the timers? They didn't extend it, yeah. So I, oh. so it was like, okay, good job. Yeah, I had, not I had Dish, up. so I was fine. But also I record... Um, into the Badlands and uh, oh, Talking, talking Dead. Dead. So, so I would have had it covered regardless, but yeah, but it was fine. It it, it got all of it. Uh, I gotta say, I'm not watching Into the Badlands anymore, mainly because of time, because I didn't like the first season for what it was, but the, the trailer they show for this season looked pretty great. Oh, <laughs> like, oh yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it's it show. had me thinking, I want to go back and watch the series now, because I didn't get into it. So I do it Netflix style. It's the best way to do it. Yeah, the yeah. third season is up on Netflix now, so... Mm-hmm. And Nick Frost is in it. So I'm like, yeah, I'll add him into this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. I I, the Kung Fu. So when I flicked back to watch Talking Dead, I was catching the end of Into the Badlands, and I, I didn't know that he was on there, and I saw him. I'm like, well, now I might actually have to watch this show. Oh, that show, the choreograph. The way they, the, oh, yeah. They I, choreographed that show is so great. There's just that's, so many that's, shows that's what now. I liked on the, yeah, that's mm-hmm. the problem. Yeah, because I again I liked the first season well enough. I was like, I'd like to see more of this. I just ran out of time seeing all these different shows. I, I think watched... the first season was probably this like from a action perspective. I think mm-hmm. that was probably the best season. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's been a little more story focused. I think in the last couple. Of, I mean, there's there's plenty of action, but not. I don't feel like it's been as strong as season one. Okay. Well, well, never mind. I'm out season, on it. Back this to Deadwood. Is, yeah, this is it. This is the last season. So I think they're going to go back to out. Deadwood. I was going yeah, to pause everything. Got to keep current. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's honestly true. I mean, when Deadwood <laughs> came out, Aaron was still in Pampers. So, I mean, now he's old enough to watch it. And, oh, you know. Okay. I remember when Chubbs was auditioning to be a voice on Muppet Babies. Yeah. Oh. It's not easy being green. You when should you go see a doctor about that. <laughs> it seems like you're drinking too much that no, <laughs> <laughs> Uh 
Uh, all right, so we we rewind back to the fair. We see them leaving, uh, and then we were on the fair side of of what happens. And of course, we see there's a spy at the fair, and I. So I assume this was Alpha, but I don't know what it, I guess because I've been so used to seeing her with with the bald head and the and the dirty face and everything, like with the wig and the makeup and stuff. It didn't. I I was. I wasn't a hundred percent sure at first. And then obviously when I see her again later, I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that is. I think the blonde hair from like the opening tipped me off. Right. Right. Yeah. It was 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 somebody else that was in the, plus the way they cut it. It just looked like it was something wrong. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't deny that there's an otherworldly aspect to it just because of the nature of the character. I I just, I mean, I just know what Samantha Morton's face looks like. So I just, (laughs) I just got to ram with it. I I don't know. It didn't look like her to me. But what's weird is, so she's like cleaned up, like she showered or something. I mean, she's clean. Mm -hmm. And then when she shows up with our group and they're dropping their weapons and all that, I get being a little dirty, but she had like the black (laughs) rings around her mouth and eyes. Like she was wearing the skin again, but she just came from the kingdom. So it's like she she, she, she hopped into the uh, the face off machine, you know. She uh, she jumped up with Arya and put on one of one of her faces. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought it was like her and Nicolas Cage switching faces. Yeah, the face off machine. Alpha has no name. I could eat a peach for hours. (laughs) <laughs> um so then we get our Rosita and Eugene scene where she comes in to talk to to Eugene who's been uh deeply friend zoned at this point. Oh for sure. Even his bullet sad. He's hanging out with Sir Jorah from Game yeah. of Thrones. He's in the friend zone so hard. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but at least she's clear about the fact that he's in the friend zone. Like, there's no ambiguity. No, to, she's to like, it. Yeah, you I will never be with you like that, but we can yeah. be friends. But it was cool. Like he's he's trying to get the radios and the towers back up so they can communicate once things go back to, you know, normal. And you know they have that that scene where she uh, she decides to stay with him, and he's like, "Oh, don't you you know, weren't you going to rest or something like that?" And she says, "Well, it's uh, it's 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 a it's a want to do versus need to do situation or something." He basically mm-hmm. puts her words back his words back at him, um, and they just it was just kind of a nice little moment that they had where she's. Helping him with the radio and uh, and trying to get things things. Um, yeah, they reminisce about old times when he used to watch her have sex with Gabriel. Abraham, I was going to bring that. that up just now. I was going to say, you know, when she's saying we could be friends and they're all like brother sister now, does she not recall when he <laughs> no, used to stare remember. and watch? Her get power drive by Abraham. Uh, Why you have to say it like that? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's you know, quote unquote, that's show. that's family. Right? All right, you know what? First of all, the proper declination is pile driven, <laughs> not I'm pile sorry. drived. All right, <laughs> should get the counter out for all the listeners. Uh, yeah, the chub counter. <laughs> so then Henry's looking for Lydia. Uh, wait, wait, wait! The the end of that Eugene Rosita scene is where we, you know it's like, oh, by the way, we're having an RPG get together later. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not like, oh, <laughs> just the for, nerdiness yeah. of that. Yeah, so that was nerdy about RPGs, dude. Huh? Uh, I love the fact that every time. So then, Terra, Gabriel, and Oceanside are kind of having their little powwow, and I love that the only thing that the Oceanside lady has to offer is, oh, Oceanside's down. Oceanside's in. Like she never says anything like nope. like 
for even from the previous like when they were have their council or whatever. And she's like, "Yeah, we're good with that." Like, yeah, has no that nothing like, meaningful to add to the conversation other than Oceanside's in. That that felt like the writers scrambling to like do something, remembering that they have a whole other community that they've entirely neglected <laughs> yes. the entire season. Like, oh yeah, Oceanside. Yeah, let's just yeah, throw one of the women in there and just have her say agree to things. Like that's what it, that's what it. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of it is kind of weird because yeah like she even points out like how the ocean siders were going to kill Terra at one point like there is history that these people share with the I rest of these groups like yeah. Yeah. yeah you forgot that's one of your like favorite episodes or whatever Derek and you I all... forgot until she said something <laughs> I'm like yeah you're right they were there oh yeah that's right so of course Henry and Lydia have their moment and you know he explains he's not uh, he's not into he's just not that into her yeah. Well, not to, to the other chick. To the other, yeah. Maddie. You, I love to Maddie. Yeah. I've lost my head over another girl. <laughs> <laughs> and it's real. It's really like kid. It actually fits because it's it's their kids. But it's like it's like I'm not. I don't like her like that. I like you like that. Yeah. It was just, it was just a bet. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was a bet. But now it's 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 something else. We were on a break. So yeah, so then they hear this this horrible noise, and Lydia's like, "What's that?" And Henry's like, "Oh, it's the pipes. It happens." He's like, "I, I, I guess I should take a look at it." That's the death knell. Yeah. I knew that already. As soon yeah, as I that, heard that, that, one, I was, I was like, like oh. even I was, I was just thinking, "Wow, they're actually going to kill Henry." Like that, that was my thought. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. That's which it. which that was fleeting, uh, because then in the the next scene, uh, we get we get Alpha interacting with with Ezekiel. Yeah. And I thought for sure that this was the kiss of death for him. I, I agree, yeah. but I, I like its placement in this episode. I like how pur- oh, absolutely I, I like how purposely designed that is to both tease fans of the book as well as like, you know, just expectation in general, because you're watching mm-hmm. the, you know, the lead villain talk to one of the you know best characters on the show. And it comes right after the Henry scene. So it delays that reaction because you're like, oh, wait, hold on. Ezekiel's in trouble. We got we to gotta, we gotta get on this. And he's clear. And, and I love I love the way he looked at her when she's like, oh, I'd like a sweater because I think it's going to be a harsh winter. And he's yeah. like, mm-hmm. OK, yeah, he if... gives her a he gives her a once over. <laughs> yeah, it's for, like, oh, did he know? OK, weirdo. <laughs> I'm just glad um, we're going to have winter scenes in The Walking Dead finally because, yeah. you know, that was one of the things that I liked in the uh, early on in the books when it showed the uh, condition of the zombies and the cold mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And we've never had that. But I mean, it's, I know it's annoying to shoot, but it's, it's a, it looks amazing when they winter do it. Winter is yeah. coming? You mean, you mean to say winter is coming? It's coming, yeah. It's coming, yeah. My, oh, curiosity, yeah. my curiosity about that, though, is if it's been six years and i mean zombies are already decaying mm-hmm. how much of a zombie population could there theoretically be if there's been six years of winters to kind of like wouldn't they get taken out eventually just by the nature of weather or are they well, saying people more people just keep dying, dying? Yeah. yeah but i mean are people dying in droves like, like that, that year after much? year That's <laughs> well, a there's lot 350 million people in the yeah. country so a lot of zombies not only that but i'm sure they probably migrate to where the people are, no, right? They, they so just they know where the travels are in the south. <laughs> They're all snowbirds. Yeah, they, they go all, to Capistrano. south for the winter. They <laughs> yeah, all on the bus, the zombie bus. The brains are much nicer in Boca Raton. In <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they go to their vacation homes in the, in the Gulf of Mexico before they go back to Georgia. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they summer on Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was thinking. Uh, so we finally get the movie, or we thought. I really thought they oh, were going was, to yeah. 
uh, show us what movie they were watching, and we find out that they're well. We see the cartoon that they're they're watching, but they tease it big time because they like Henry's talking about the movie, the Highwaymen. Yeah. Like we get two more movies, right? Like they're all like they're all in on the movie thing, and I'm like, yeah, let's get to that immediately because I need to know what they possibly found the show. And yeah, we're completely denied zero. Bucks. Well, but this is our opportunity, Aaron. Um, what was the winning vote on the poll on Facebook on our Facebook group? Yeah, so on our Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash group slash WDTV podcast, where we have lots of fun listeners and everything interacting, uh, we, I did put up a poll with a number of suggestions of movies that of all ranges. I tried to alternate between like classic and zombie or horror movie, and then all some of the listeners, and I think Jim maybe and Daryl, I, th- I think all you guys yep. kind of uh, kind of threw in some options as well. Mm-hmm. I and, added Plan Nine from Outer Space. Mm-hmm. Of course you did. Yeah, and there was a, there was a, there was a number that got a lot of votes, and I'll, I'll just kind of go with the top five here. We got like Back to the Future and ET, Star Wars, Dawn of the Dead, Jaws, but The Princess Bride was the one that kind of jumped up at top with the most votes. The Princess Bride wow. would be the ideal movie to watch at the by a uh, wide margin. By a wide margin, yeah. Can't well, it. if you think about the families and the communities and all that stuff, it kind of makes sense that that would be the appropriate one. I think it's a pretty amenable choice. I mean, it's. I think anybody can watch that movie and appreciate it, for one thing, and it's it, it jumps probably the furthest away from the kind of tragedy that strikes on this show pretty frequently. So oh, the Godfather is a family film. What are you talking about? Yeah, but it's tragic. That's true. That's I'm saying. It's it tragic. has a family in it. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> that counts. Too. I'm not bringing my five-year-old to the Godfather, okay? Oh, but he loves on, the Princess Bride. So. He would Everybody love the gets James Bond scenes. Everybody gets a bowl of, <laughs> of uh, ragu and sit sure. back and watch the Godfather. Great. Yeah, the Princess Bride, which is a, like, all right, that's a nice. I mean, I, I added all these on the thing, so I mean, it was an option. But yeah, it was, it was nice to see. Yeah, because the apocalypse happened before the Deadpool two with the Princess Bride edition thing. So. Oh yeah, I did. Try, I did. I, I made sure to note that the show began in 2010, so you can't add movies after 2010. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like, no, I don't know, Avengers, I guess. No, um, <laughs> no fucking Suicide Squad for you guys on there. <laughs> oh, great movie. Uh, Touche, sir. Um, and then, of course, Alpha sits next to to Lydia, and they have their their little thing going on. It's a it's a creepy moment. I really like that. Yes. I like that not yeah. only that moment, but the fact that the commercial cuts right there. It is a perfect cut yeah. for television because that's such yeah. a great like cliffhanger moment. Because you know something bad has happened. She was glassing with Ezekiel, and now she's creeping up on her daughter in the movie theater, saying, <laughs> "Don't say anything. It's about to go down." <laughs> like that's it's that's what the- it's the first time in Walking Dead in a long time where I actually had a chill go down my spine watching a scene. Like, oh crap. You know, like, is she going to go all crazy in the theater? What's going to happen? So, But then uh, from there we cut back to the woods. Right? Like right yep. after that, that's where Alpha is uh, talking. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He's telling Daryl and Michonne, yeah. Carol and Yumiko that Lydia was no longer her concern, that she was mm-hmm. weak. Um. So Alpha and Daryl go for a walk. Never a good uh, that, that usually, I mean, I'm not sure about the timeline here because that walk, I mean, goes on until like the sun comes up. Um, that's when she takes him and shows him a massive herd that like pretty much the whispers could direct toward any of them at any time. Look, looked right out of the book. 
Yeah, I mean, we, yeah. we don't know how long they're kind of like tied up and being held. So, I mean, presumably yeah. they're they're caught. And while it, while like Beto had caught them and everything, Alpha was busy, you know, killing and slung the heads off everybody yeah, else. That's what I was assuming. Yeah. 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 It's a lot of work. You're right. Yeah. That's, a lot that's of what work. I was assuming. It would take a lot of time and, and effort. Yeah. You're right. Then uh, to ensure that his people never crossed into their turf, she said she marked the border. And then she's like, you'll see it as you leave. And she missed she missed a really good point there for like a super villain laugh, <laughs> you know. Really um, much. That, 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 that thought that picture of like or the I don't know, depiction of the giant horde was quite effective. I thought that was yeah, that was, was a good. It was because we, we've seen like giant like remember what was it the finale of last season where they just like Rick points to some like ugly mud blur in the background that's supposed to be a giant. I was like, right. what the what is that supposed to be? I don't know was what that, that was. That this that was a was that when that big horde was like in the quarry on their way to Alexandria that you're talking about. No, no. Last season, when, oh, when after he season. fights Negan, and like he he's given a big speech to everybody, the biggest of Rick's speeches of all, and he like, he points to like a big mud cloud of walkers like in the top of the frame, and just from a visual effects standpoint, I was like, eh, that's pretty ugly. This felt like for big as many walkers as there were, this actually looked like a a good image of what a giant horde looks like and how threatening it can be. Yeah, and that it's weaponized. Yes, yes. There's a weaponized <laughs> word, but it did make me think about what Jim was talking about when they had the Corey thing and they were trying to direct them and all that yeah. stuff. That that was better handled than the, the thing I'm talking about. I, I did. Yeah. No, I know what you're as, talking about. Yeah. yeah. For something as big as that, they, you know, that's, that takes a lot. And I did think it would, and especially in broad daylight, like it, it worked better. I would say yeah. for that compared to two. Yeah. So Daryl just straight up asked her if she's killed Lydia. And then we flash back to the fair and then it's uh, alpha and Lydia confrontation there. And Lydia's saying that all she has to do is scream, and actually people who care for her would, you know, would take care of her, but she wasn't going to do that because she just wanted Alpha to leave. And uh, Lydia says, I'm giving you a choice, which is more than you've ever given me. And then, I, I didn't think this would happen, but Alpha leaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that would happen, because it, it looked like she wants to punish Lydia more than anything else. Yeah, I guess. Like, you can live, but this is, this is yeah, your kill outcome. Show your boyfriend. Yeah, this is the outcome of what you did. This is what you caused. Um, well, she's so into appearances, right? Mm-hmm. And so if if Lydia comes back and they find out that she doesn't want to be there, then it puts her in a bad position as being a weak leader because right. she right. repeatedly keeps going back and putting the rest of them in danger to get Lydia back when Lydia doesn't want to be there in the first place. Yeah. And uh, I mean, just the nature of having her involved too just speaks a lot to the nature of the whispers. Like, are they going to accept that part of this plan involved getting somebody back when part of their, I don't know, their scree is to like, you know, ditch everything. Nothing matters. And why are we putting so much on the line for the daughter of somebody? Like, especially after we ditched a baby like a few episodes back. It's like I, I don't, I don't know what that would look like as far as Alpha's control if. She's like, look, I got my, I got my one of my possessions back in this group that doesn't rely on possessions to be a, as a part of a thing, right? Especially like when she kills them, one of her own, that sees her crying or yeah, whatever. over, yeah, mm-hmm. over, over showing emotion. The idea of you know, like we risked everything to not only get revenge but also to get my daughter back. And obviously, she cares about this or whatnot, but it's it's tricky. I mean, there's there's some neat touches there. Like I, I do like right. this stuff. This, it makes it more complicated as opposed to just you know nothing but evil, right? Then we go back to Alpha and Daryl, and uh, Alpha's like, I don't think you can protect my daughter, but I hope I'm wrong. And uh, Daryl says, oh, you know, you are. And then he uh, gets sent off to rejoin his group. 
And then uh, later, uh, Alpha tells Beta she wants to be left alone, then murders the Whisperer, like I said, who caught a glimpse of her, you know, crying over it. Um, Daryl leaves with Michonne, Carol, and Yumiko, and they find Siddick tied to a tree. He's hysterical. And uh, he leads them to Alpha's border wall, and it's lined with stakes. And on top of each of them is another head, uh, Ned Stark style. Uh, you got Highwaymen Ozzy and Alec, uh, DJ, Frankie, Tammy Rose, Addie, and Rodney, and then uh, Enid, Tara, and Henry. So, <laughs> well, first up, they found Sadiq, and I was like, oh. <laughs> there he goes. Yeah. He's, he's there. Okay. <laughs> he's clear, I guess. And are they going to worry about him now? I don't know, but whatever. Um, and he leads into this horrible, horrible thing. And I, the reveals were what I, there's a lot going on in this and it does yeah. it very, I don't know if tastefully is the right word, but like they certainly handle it in the right kind of way. Like, I feel I like there's so. a, I guess we could, we, well, I guess we're about to all talk about this, but the, Doing this much like in the comic, they the idea that they stripped away any actual sequence of showing them die, prolonging it, showing us showing them hostage in any way or any kind mm-hmm. of just cutting right to these are the heads of people that are now dead. Right. It's it's it is like it's heartbreaking and it, it, it it's a big bludgeon to things as far as what you expect to happen, and it calls back to what the show used to be like and what the comic was largely known for as far as just taking people out at random. And it was. Yeah, I'd say it was a punch in the gut. Yeah, when Daryl had to stop Carol. Yeah, he, she. I, that's where he I said, "Look at me." Look at because I lost it right there. That's when I was like, yeah. "Oh crap, man!" Yeah. It hit me right in the feels. And it, was, and it was cool because they didn't show you whose head it was. So mm-hmm. it was again. It was like, it, okay, is it Henry or is it Ezekiel? Right. Um, right. And I thought well, it was I, really. I figured I thought, Henry the whole time, but yeah, I think it was uh, Henry at that point. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I but was it still, could have been either if they really. Yeah, I was yeah, still up in the air about it, it. But it, well, I, I like the reveal of the heads, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which sounds yeah. morbid. But the way that they, again, the way that they edited it together, the way that it was cut, the music mm-hmm. in the background, the kind of um, silence from every, you know, you didn't really get a, a lot of audio from their actual reaction. Um, it, it just it just was well done. I mean, there's a lot of ways that that scene could have been done. Um, you know, we we joke about Game of Thrones, but uh, you know, I think the the presentation from Game of Thrones would have been a whole lot different than than this was. Um, and I I think it was it was just really well done. I, I was very impressed with how that scene played out, and I was also impressed that it was quite different from what we saw in the comic, which I, I think is I mean. As we see, as time goes on, the show deviates more and more. Um, but that was a, that was an, again another nice surprise. And, and I mean, the comic—it was shocking there too. Like it's shocking in both places, sure. and it does a good job of handling the fact that you have a mix of people that know what to expect and don't know what to expect, mm-hmm. as well as just the nature of how the characters are versus what they are in the comic series. So you have a TV show that has to handle this kind of moment. And if you guys are exactly right, the editing, everything's on point here to make it as effective as possible without being over dramatic. Like McCreary score could have went way big, but it, it kind of settles in the right kind of way. And the, the reveal order is effective as well. You start off yeah. with Ozzy where I'm just heartbroken because the highwaymen are no more. Now. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah. And then it gives you a series of like, all right, there's some of these guys, I guess they're important. Then you see Brett, you know, you see Brett Butler and they're like, okay, yeah, that's, 
one of them was going to die, right? We kind of figured that. Yeah, and you get the two that. teenagers, and we're like, okay, that's kind of funny. Like, we're not really concerned about that one. Like, that one's like, oh, that's like. And then they show the Addy, it's like, oh, no, okay, they're oh. they kill the girl, too. They got all the kids. Yeah. Then they show, then, they, then it, like, starts building. It's like, oh, Enid's gone, which I think we all probably could have guessed if we thought about it more, because, like, she's speaking a lot this episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, Dr. Enid's in session right now, and, yeah, that that's gone. That's one of the frustrating things is I could ne- I never much cared for Tara, and I never much cared for Enid. And this season, they made them interesting characters to me. Well, Enid a little bit before this season, but I was just coming around on them as characters, and nope. Can't have them. Tara, I think they, they caught her, her and Jesus. They caught them in a the trap of, we should just have them debate about the morality of the saviors every episode for like, right. like a while. Yeah. And that's what kind of threw, I think that's what threw a lot of us off because I think we were all beginning to really like Tara's personality that she was bringing to the show. I before. did. I, I yeah. Took her. yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I know you were a fan as well. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's so, but yeah, I mean, even then, given just the show history or whatnot, by the time you get to Tara's like, okay, yeah, that actually that has some kind of an impact compared to, you know, six of the other people we just saw. Yeah, and then, and then uh, Henry, you know how... yeah, we, we've been yeah. teasing Henry the entire season because he is the worst. Yeah, but the they worst. killed Carl twice now. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's, right? Yeah, that's the part that that's what I thought was was odd with this is given that Henry's, quote, the new Carl, and they've kind of been making a point of a lot of his storyline looks like it was being absorbed by Henry, and then we get rid of Henry, and I'm just like, okay, so I guess Judith is the new Carl slash Henry. Like, it just seemed, it's it. that's why it came out of left field for me, because I really thought they were setting up Carl to be that character, and oh, uh, clearly yeah. they're, they're not. I, I do like that it gives a whole new dynamic for Carol and Ezekiel. Like right. their reaction to this is going to be very interesting in how they move forward. Oh, she's chopping off all her hair and going medieval on somebody's ass. I'm telling you right now, she is out for it. The, well, the, the alpha, just forget about it. You, you, your days are numbered. Although I was kind of hoping that maybe something that happened for her in the comic, from what I understand, I, I didn't read it, but well, you'll you'll see, Joe. We're not yeah. there yet. Don't Calm worry down. about it. Calm down. But yeah. I. Yeah. I agree, and I agree because it's shocking for one thing. Because yeah, I mean, as much guff as we've been given this kid, it's like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's But it rough. makes sense now why they did, why they they were they wrote it the way they did because they had to have known that the position that they put Henry in mm-hmm. would make him very unlikable. Sure, but I, it's so tricky when you have to think. You have to consider that presumably there was a point where. Chandler Riggs was going to be occupying this part and it would play differently. So it's, mm-hmm. and I mean, obviously they had to walk that line, of course, too. They had to think about all these different scenarios. And so it does, it does shape where things, it gives a new dimension for where things could go from here, given that I've read beyond this and I'm very interested in where this is going to go from here because you have a yeah. lack of something, which makes me wonder what Lydia's role in this series is going to continue to be at this point as well. It certainly shift gender roles, especially. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, which is interesting to see how that's going to play out. I also I do like that the show's found a way to have its cake and eat it too by killing Henry because 
he's basically the reason this happened and yeah. he's also killed. Like, yeah. So it's like, he's, yeah. he's a bit, which I sure, I'm surely alpha probably realized cause she's probably been watching her daughter smooch on this kid the whole time. Mm-hmm. So her part of her grand plan is, okay, you're going to have my daughter, but that fucking kid's not going to be a part of it. <laughs> like, he's going to, he's going to, he's so got to go petty now. Now that, yeah, it is so petty and just mm-hmm. destructive and abusive mm-hmm. that, uh, I, I'm very curious to see how she reacts to it, how how her daughter is going to react to this kind of thing. I mean, it, I guess this will be her journey to overcome this because her mother is her nemesis now. I mean, that's pretty much what she has to deal with. It's a it, it, there's there's some good choices here as far as yeah. there could have been a lot of things done with this and we'll see what the ramifications are. Um, both, you know, in the last, to, to next week's episode and next season. But yeah, there's a lot of ways to do a scene like this that could have been over way overdone or something that we're complaining about the next day on this podcast. But huh. instead, it handles it the right way mm-hmm. in a way, a way that's shocking, that is emotional. Uh, I, it seems like the, you know, the listeners certainly have a, a agree uh, like it. It works. It works for what it's doing. Even the way that they did that to, to Daryl and, and Michonne and, and, and the group, because that group is ready to die, right? That group is always ready to sacrifice themselves, but to not kill them uh, and do what they did and, and pretty much use and show them. I mean, it, it just it just took the, the just the claws right out of them, right? To just mm-hmm. capture them. I'm not even going to you're not even worth us killing. But you're going to watch what we did. Uh, on your and this is happens on your you were supposed to protect these people and this is what happened when we tried to warn you not to do this uh and you didn't listen um it's going to be hard like i i I am looking forward to seeing how they're going to deal with this because it's it's this is such a gut punch to everybody and i know this is Mm -hmm. is kind of becoming a popular theory but is this the way that the governor the governor is this the way of Negan's redemption? Is basically they have to let the animal out of the cage? Yeah. I think I we're mean, going to have an argument of ideologies. I think we're going to have a conflict with that. And part of that conflict is going to be when you're fighting something that is just that evil, it's okay to use the same tactics against that evil. Like, we, we well, have to go there. I will say the show is certainly going to try to justify that. Whether or not I can take it, I don't know. But, I mean, <laughs> I think the, the, the show is positioned Negan to be that kind of... Mm-hmm. I mean, if Jeff, clearly Jeffrey D. Morgan's not going anywhere. No. I mean, Supernatural's ending now, so whatever. But, like, it's... Don't um, make me cry. Don't yeah. make me cry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you've been there for all 320 episodes or whatever. I've never watched a single one. It's um, a great show, and it's too soon for it to go off the air. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll keep watching the 30 episodes of Deadwood I have in store for myself. But um yeah, the the show wants Negan to be a part of the crew. I mean they're they're giving them plenty to kind of chew on every time he talks of Lil Judith or Michonne or Gabriel. So it's like, yeah, you're gonna want to get him out there at some point and have him do more than just speechify from inside of a cage. So yeah. And, it, and, yeah. And I think they need to make it a little more interesting as far as what he like it can't just be oh we know Negan is crazy and has the bat and he'll he'll go nuts and yeah, he's crazy like i think they're going to have to make him offer something specific right uh to 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 kind of let him 
let him do his thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe he knows where there's a weapons cache. Maybe I, I, I don't know. Maybe he's got some kind of master plan. I, I, I don't know. I, I yeah. think I'm looking. I look forward to the dynamic that having him get out puts. I don't know why, but between him and Daryl, like mm-hmm. to me, that I think is going to be an interesting dynamic yeah. to you know potentially of who of all those that are left the two deadliest uh adversaries uh having potentially to work on the same team right. i think that can uh i think that can make things interesting and i also think um i i think it, they could i think they may find a way to use negan and negan's very tough because if he's acting like negan you can't have that for forty five minutes every week. It's it's too much. Yeah, like it it's, too mu- it's too much. It's too much. Which is why I think we've seen him be used to that degree, and then you know he'll go away for a few episodes. Then he comes back, and they're kind of toning him down, and he has kind of these quiet moments. And then we've seen him like this this season, where he's just basically been you know kind of neutered. Um, uh, so I'm I'm really curious to see what they do with him and how they find that balance. To still make him the character he is, but make him interesting to want to see uh, week to week. So, are you guys all at the same point in the comic now? Like just like just after this? Is that where everybody? Uh, I, yeah. I think I read one trade after this, but man, it's been so long. I don't even remember. I know <laughs> I went one trade past what happened in this, but but like I said, I don't remember anything beyond that. Yeah, I started the trade after this, but the last thing I vividly remember is the heads. So. Daryl, is that where you are? Is there... I'm past that. You're I'm, past. Okay, yeah, that's, well, that's but, kind of. A, I had a feeling. It, yeah, I'm significantly past this. I'm yeah. Apparently, the farthest, which is <laughs> it's so weird to I, me that I'm the furthest along in this thing. But yeah, there's regardless of what actually happens, there's certainly a there are ways for them to tackle this, which I'm curious about based off both. Yes, there's a way to do it from the comics point of view, but there's also a different set of characters that are alive now here versus in the comic. So it's that's like, why I'm you, really looking yeah. forward to seeing what, how, because this changes things. There's, there's, yeah. yeah, there's a different dynamic in the, in the TV show than, than in the comic. So it, it shouldn't play out exactly the same. I, I have a question though. Uh, you were talking about if Negan knew of a weapon stash or something like that, but it just dawned on me. Did what happened to all the bullet making equipment and stuff that, uh, Eugene had. I'm I mean, still doing it, it. Oh well, because I mean, we haven't. Yeah, we haven't focused on that. But I wouldn't be surprised if they're still like that's well, still they, maybe one of the tasks they do. They, they talk about it like they've stopped completely. Yeah, that's like I, 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 I question that, that too. I question that too because it looked like he has nothing to do. I guess I wouldn't be surprised either way, just because yeah, you know, Saint <laughs> Saint Carl and yeah, the, the Lord yeah. are are Rick Grimes probably you know have some other like random note of like we don't need the violence after a while we could hell it up because if they haven't been fighting for this long and they've been all continuing to make bullets they would be in a better situation mm-hmm. you would but think it, yeah would it be too easy but then that would be make it too easy because you would have the the weapons to take a lot of the whispers out if you had just had guns and i guess yeah when negan like went over to the sanctuary it was like abandoned for mm-hmm. a while yeah. it seemed so if they did do anything it might have just been they just gave up like after a year if anything right point. well and you got to figure too there's you know time is setting in so 
how do they find more gunpowder? How do they, mm-hmm. you know, are they able to maintain all these weapons? Right. You know, they don't have machining equipment. They don't have, you know, access to replacement parts and things like that. So I imagine some of these guns, you know, after a few years and people not knowing how to manufacture and maintain, I mean, that's probably an issue as well. Probably, yeah. Oh, if, if they wanted to give Eugene some excuse, like, hey, Eugene, <laughs> we found the gunpowder mine over there. I can't believe it, right? It's crazy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, let me get on the 10-4, good buddy. Like, and whatever. they're <laughs> on the East Coast. You know how much military, you know, bases and law enforcement and government and everything else there is done? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that also makes me wonder, like, in the movie theater, they had a giant sheet for the screen you couldn't go to a local school and find a pull down screen or go to an old theater that's broke down like the one you got the ball bat and pull a screen off i don't know just see yeah, they made it work it worked <laughs> but i'm just charm. saying okay that theater did look nice by the way i'll just say <laughs> it was a nice little setup they had there it was yeah i wonder who was on the red carpet was I there? Was I taking pictures and notes? Duh, Jerry. <laughs> oh yeah, Jerry was. Jerry was great this episode, by the way. He doesn't have a lot to do, but like he gets like, he gets to announce the fair. He's like he's a, he's like the kids are riding on him at one point, and Judah's at him, and he's like acting like a bear. It's like Jerry's a big ball of fun. Like I'm so glad Jerry didn't die because I was he's certainly worried about Jerry. Every thing. episode he's, he's in. Not oh yeah, just, he's awesome. Yeah. Jerry's a blast. Go see Shazam. Jerry's in. He's great. He is. He kills it. <laughs> he's the foster dad. He's killing it. So you see all the heads. We get all this. Everyone cries, and we get we get to um, we get to Sadiq giving like a big like mournful speech about everyone, which I think is really effective because you have Sadiq, the only one that was like there, and he gets to tell the story of what happened, where you essentially hear that Alpha held him aside so he could let everyone else know what went on here. But right. then he goes into his own spiel where he talks about how. He, he he basically talked about everyone's last moments before they were killed by Alpha and her gang. Where he I want to tell you a different story. <laughs> yeah, he wants he wants he wants to give them something hopeful. Much like it's this smart though. That, yeah, it is. It's it smart is because this is the way to, this is the way to do it differently than the comic because it it wouldn't have the same effect to just do it that way in, yeah. in the live action TV show. So this is a smart way to like how do we how do we do that thing. You know, how do we make that effective, but also not just just leave it at that um, to have that speech of, you know, and talking about, you know, how they came together? Because that's going to be the test now. Right. Um, yeah. It's also a good character choice of having Sadiq do it. Like well, someone right. that we're like only kind of we're somewhat on, like we've been with him for a little bit now, but he's but not like a, he's that like a, know him, know him. Yeah. But yeah. so it gives him it grows him as a person. Mm-hmm. And it also it just feels for whatever reason, nicer than like what a typical Rick speech would be, which would feel like it's more kind of there's more vengeance in mind with it as right. well. Or even and if like Daryl gave a big gruff. So like you get this whole nice way of him speaking about their last moments where they're talking about how they're all captured, but they didn't take it lying down. They tried the highwaymen came in. They gave mm-hmm. a heroic kind of way of trying to save everybody, but they were stopped. But they still everybody else got up and they tried to fight their way off. Like it's a nice like even though they're all doomed. He, he he speaks of them as they were you know working together as a community, which is a big part of this episode as a whole. Right. And they did what they could to kind of hold their own and make one heroic last stand before For they were never picked. It, it was all about a purpose. It didn't matter if they knew each other, or didn't know each other, yeah. or or whatever. But they all came came together um, anyway. And that's kind of a 
a nice little, you know, way to set this off for later. And it, and it speaks right. to what Russ, you've been saying about the editing of this episode, because mm-hmm. he, you could easily make this more visceral, but it doesn't choose to go that way. It gives you a no. sense of like, yeah, they're scurrying around. They're trying to fight these people off, but you get this and you get this sense of like, yes, it's inevitable. They're, they're not going to win this battle, but you don't need to see them lose. You don't need right. to see them die exactly. or get recaptured or get beheaded or any of that. Yeah, We don't need that. And we've already gotten a lot of that this season, let alone murdered children last week. So we can exactly. probably settle down with the gore and just focus on the emotion of the moment. And I think she already it scalped was in a woman. Self-defense. There was no murder. No. <laughs> Plus, you already had the scalping of some, you know, of a, of a woman earlier, and we don't need to. They didn't need to put that any more of that at the end, mm-hmm. as well. So that's a right. good thing. That's good thinking. I think that's it makes a difference in the episode. And then the the final scene after uh, Sadiq, uh, I guess it's supposed to be months later or whatever, because it looks like there's snow falling. I, mean, um, I, uh, I think it's been fall. Like it's yeah, been, oh, okay. it's just close. Right. It's just well, little... yeah, but didn't when. They when they went back to the after the heads were down and the spikes and they went back, didn't it show like a couple snowflakes? Yeah, right no, I'm there? saying it. I mean, it's like well, the, it could have been fall all along. You're just kind of. Yeah. Just I don't think they want it. you to know what how much oh. time has yeah. passed. Right, that's what we're yeah. talking about. Um, she leaves uh, her hilltop medallion at the base of Henry's Pike. Uh, Lydia does so mm. after she kills her mother in revenge. <sighs> You took my boyfriend. <laughs> you killed my boyfriend. I will say, the, as an extended episode, I was actually happy it was extended this week. It actually worked out uh, yeah. compared to some of the other. Oh ones. Yeah. yeah, it did. Yeah, it really yeah. yeah I didn't feel like they were. It was filler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not Is next week sets a longer one? I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't think it's. Yeah, it's not like a. It'll probably be like you know, a couple minutes over as they normally are these days, but not like a full on, you know, hour and a half. Right. Yeah. So before we get to our Buster ratings, uh, let's have a word from our wonderful sponsor. Would somebody like to take the... Uh, I have a lot of comments this week where I would do it. I'm trying to save my voice for those. Is anyone uh, ready to take the ball up on DCBService.com? I'll multitask, as, as, they, as they say. <laughs> Is that what they say? That's what they say. Okay. You're in touch with the kids uh, today. I have no idea. Yeah, you know me. That's me, yep. Mr. In Touch with the Kids. You know it, buddy. <laughs> That's what we rely um, on you for. <laughs> Our sponsor for this week uh, is DCB Service, Discount Comic Book Service, uh, where you can save tons of money on your pre-order comics, 50, 60, sometimes even 70% off of new comics when you pre-order through DCBService.com. The end of the month is approaching. As as we've all – I would say winter is coming, but winter is leaving. Uh, spring is coming. So – uh, be sure to to get in your orders. Uh, they do take late orders, so don't worry if you know it's it's like April first, April second, and you're like, oh man, like I forgot the March solicits. All good. They'll still take your take your order, get it in before the end of the month if you can. That would be great. If you're not into the whole monthly comic thing, and there's not much you can find over at DCB Service, which is a shame because it's not just comics. It's T-shirts. It's statues. It's all kinds of cool little trinkets that they have over there. Um, as I've said before, I'm a fan of the uh, Excel order form, so you could definitely pull that down, breeze through that, put in your numbers, see how much you're saving, uh, be blown away by how much uh, the 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 gross uh, total versus the net total is. I'm always amazed at how how high that gross number is and how low that net number is. And I'm a I'm a I'm a tech guy, so I like the spreadsheets. 
but yeah, if that's not your bag, head over to InStockTrades.com, especially um, as as we get to this end of Season 9 for The Walking Dead. A great time to get caught up on The Walking Dead in comic form, whether it's the trades, the hardbacks, the compendiums, the omnibus, whatever your, whatever your poison, they've got it all there. Um, super low prices. Those trades, um, after you get the discount, are ridiculously low. If you order $50 or more, you'll get free shipping. Um, the prices are typically lower than Amazon. And given the fact that the, your stuff's not going to show up all crinkled and folded and creased and damaged, even if the UPS guy chunks it over your fence, um, is an extra added bonus. So we thank DCBService.com and InStockTrades.com for their support of the Walking Dead TV podcast. They chunk your books over the fence? That's bogus. That's eh, UPS, man. You never <clears throat> know. Yeah, they do. My, mine ones. My uh, last month, it looked like this thing had been through a war. And then when I opened it, because they package it so nicely, nothing was out of place. It was beautiful. Yeah, they have a lot of cool stuff this month that tie in with the Shazam movie. You're interested in that. Also, Batman's 80th uh, anniversary is coming up it's next week. Yeah. And uh, they have a whole bunch of really cool tie-in stuff for the anniversary period. Uh, they have action figures. They have really cool uh, Shazam clothing I'm looking at right now uh, to tie in with the movie that's coming out very soon. Um, so definitely check out DCBService.com. They have a ton of cool stuff at a great price. So, guys, Buster Ratings. Uh, who's going to go first this week? How about we go alphabetically this time? Aaron, what is your Buster rating this week? I'm trying to think of reasons that hold me back from giving like a five Busters or something like this, but I don't, I don't see them. Like, I think this episode does everything right. I mean, it, it gives me the, the kind of shocks that I want from episodes that rely on, you know, some big major thing happening. Uh, there's even a cool action sequence in here. I think all the performances are pretty spot on. Um, even like the Henry Lydia stuff didn't bug me. So as you know, as far as my kind of scale for walking dead episodes go, I'm out of five busters. I think this is, I probably maybe the best episode of the season. Okay. Daryl. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the episode. I mean, I liked what they did. Even, even someone who's read the comic, and seeing the differences in, in the choices that they made, I liked it. I liked you know how they handled a lot of these characters. I liked um, how they uh, uh, shot the scenes. I liked how they cut it. It, it just all of it just seemed to to really work. Um, so I would probably I, I generally don't give it perfect scores. Um, but I'll, I'll give it a four out of five. Rich? Yeah, um, this is like Walking Dead in its best form in a long time. I mean, pretty much this whole back half of the season has been just great. Um, I, I, I really like, even though we kind of knew some things were coming, they still were able to shock and really creeped me out at points um uh i have i am like aaron i i can't think of anything i could complain about in this episode or anything that they could have done just a little bit different it would have been better i it's 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 pretty close to perfect so yeah five out of five and mr russ i'm also going to give it a five out of five i was really really impressed with this episode um, I thought they did a good job with the tension. I think 
again, one of those key iconic moments from the comics that uh, could easily have gone wrong or not come across well. And for them to present that and for them to do it so well uh, and and everything to work. I was I was just really impressed that they pulled off this this particular story. Uh, and again, the editing, the writing, um, the acting. Er, er, to me, everything was just superb. I mean, this is this is, and again, a strong season. I think we've we've talked overall, but to me, I think this is a standout for this season. Uh, I, I was really really impressed with this. Cool. And uh, I'm going to be with everyone here except Daryl. I'm going to give it a five out of five as well. This has been one of the strongest seasons. And uh, this is probably the strongest episode in a strong season. So uh, definitely give it a uh, five out of five. But as Russ likes to say, who cares what we think? Oh, wait a minute. I think people do or else they wouldn't listen. But we always ask our wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, listening audience to chime in on the Facebook group. That's facebook.com slash groups slash WDTV podcast. And they did not disappoint this week. There was a, there were a lot of opinions on this episode. I mean, obviously, concerning all the stuff that happened in it. Um, let's jump right in. Starting with Brent Jones of 4.5, Never Be the Leader of Hilltop out of 5. Uh, this was the episode that never ends, and for the first time in a long time, I did not want it to. I'm glad it was Henry and not Zeke. Sad to see Tara go. Sort of sad for Enid. And the High Women leader, too. I liked him. Uh, but the rest, I don't care. They're gone. And hey, look, snow. <coughs> and coughing. Sorry. Uh, Dre Irvin uh, wrote in with a uh, a gif of uh, Mindy Kalen saying, how, number one, how dare you? And then uh, writing, damn, R.I.P. Tara. Short, sweet, to the point. Charlie Messing. I was not digging this episode, but then I remembered the comic book and my heart began to sink. I kept thinking, please, not the king. But I sure, sort of wish it, it was him instead of Carl, too. Uh, Tara Enid. I don't have an enemy to even give a buster. No joke. I'm actually depressed right now. I'm going to turn on Talking Dead to help me get through this tough time. What the hell? Enter the friggin' Badlands is on. At least I have the Nothing's On podcast. Oh, crap. No new episode of that either. Worst mm-hmm. day ever. Mm-hmm. Charlie, there is a new episode of Nothing's On. It just dropped today. So pull your socks up, buddy. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Everything's fine. Uh, Mandy Dean, 4.5 Game of Thrones level of killing out of 5. As soon as the loving anniversary couple was shown, I knew it was a bad ending for them. And as everyone laughed at their movie, I knew it was bad. Uh, no one can be happy in the Walking Dead universe. <laughs> I loved it. I loved, loved the discussion and signing of the pact between the leaders. And Oceanside has reappeared. Uh, I loved it was signed Queen Carol. Uh, Alpha is truly the scariest nemesis yet, in my opinion. She is totally brutal and calculating. I knew of this in the comics, and the ending still had me in total shock. I couldn't believe the amount of heads or who it was. Also, as in Game of Thrones, winter is coming. Uh, Cheryl Morris Goodman wrote in with 4.75 Hearts of Darkness out of 5. I really wanted to give it a 5. I'm kind of haunted by this episode and saddened. Beautifully done and gripping. On a positive note, did anyone notice the teeny smile and look Daryl gave to Connie? She walked away. It was an ever <laughs> yes, so slight. Yes, I did. Yes, you did. It was, an ever, it was an ever-so-slight up-and-down grin. Um, Susan Monk says we should call them Donnie, not Conarol or whatever you said. Darnie. Whatever. Here's for the dog. I like Conarol because Conarol is a really great movie. Chani uh, <laughs> uh, Stower, 10 decapitated heads out of 10. Holy shit. I just want to say this season has been super good. Didn't see Enid and Tara get clipped. Wow. 
this season is making heads roll <laughs> with the much better storytelling. Can't wait for next year's season. Honestly, can't we agree the show is way better than it's been in years and is unusual for a show that's been on that long. And now snow. Um, Susan Monk, 4.5 tears shed while watching the show out of five. OMG, they made me feel something again. It's been a while. I was genuinely surprised by some of the border marker head picks. The writers really like to torture Carol. Things are going too well for our communities. I was expecting Tammy Rose and Enid's uh, boyfriend to be dead, half right, but not the other two big deaths. On a positive note, do we have some Donnie, Daryl slash Connie, romance to look forward to? <laughs> Thank See, I think I think Donnie's the predominant uh, one there. Um, thank God Jerry's okay for now. Yeah, if Jerry dies, we riot, right? Uh, Michael Santana, 4.5. No more fist bumps, Tara. <laughs> Five. Wow, just wow. And I know I'm going to sound like a jerk here, but I really have no issue losing Tara and Enid as they weren't ever characters that I care about. I only feel bad for Carol losing another kid. The silver lining on that cloud is that it was Coral 2.0. I can't wait for them to unhook the chain on Rambo Carol. Yeah, too mad the termites aren't around anymore to warn Alpha about her mean streak. <laughs> uh, Lisa Kelly, five out of five. Awesome. If some, if not somewhat torturous episode, from the highs of the community coming together at last to the menacing presence of Alpha in disguise to the heartbreaking heads on pikes. Lots of Daryl Carol hugs, though, so some warm fussies. Uh, Mary Turkpecchia, five Debbie Downers out of five. What an amazing episode. There was a great buildup of dread and suspense, even though I was expecting the Pike scene next week, not last night. Alpha is by far the best villain the show has ever had, save for the five minutes of Terminus. Uh, when Zeke spoke to Debbie at the fair, I was screaming at my TV for him to run. Run fast. I love the bait and switch there. I'm not sorry to see Henry gone. I hate to see Tara go. I really liked her character, and she was a decent leader. My heart broke for Tammy Rose and poor Carol. Will that be Alpha's doom? Mm-hmm. Guess we'll have to wait and see. Katie Levesque, four point seven five out of five busters. Wow! With all the went reminiscing of the past and Tara finally being right with her gut feeling, saying, "I'm not good with this." Before they signed the, sh- signed the charter, I had a feeling she was headed for death after getting guilt tripped. Uh, Alpha seemed even creepier, being all clean and wearing the scalp lady's hair under the hat. And sneaking around in plain sight. Crazy biatch. Uh, who was glad Carol, Daryl, Michonne ended up together with Yumiko when they got captured by the Whispers. That was kind of bringing terrifying and exciting back to the show at the same time. Very sad outcome for Carol, but I have a feeling she won't take this lying down. In the spirit of spring, it seems the show has been getting interesting again after being kind of vanilla for a while now. And it's got some sticky strawberry syrup and a bunch of nuts and clever toppings again. Uh, looking forward to seeing what's next. Get yourself a Sunday, Katie. It sounds like you. I'm hungry now. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> uh, Mike Glixman wrote in, four, uh, four red shirts out of five. Aside from Tara and Enid, this ending has soft, soft impact on me. I think I lo- it lost a lot of the drama that would have been created if they stuck with Ezekiel and a present pregnant Rosita. Uh, Jason Graining, 4.5 ultimate penultimate episode out of five. Being a fan of the comic, I knew the Pike scene was coming up at some point this season, but it still managed to keep me on the edge of my seat. Uh, while I was expecting to see someone with a little more gravitas killed off, like King Ezekiel, I wasn't expecting Henry, which made me both happy and sad at the same time. My one issue with the episode was the overall length. I don't understand how an episode this long couldn't feature more footage of Eugene in the dunk tank. Uh, can't wait to see how the season gets closed out next week. Richard, Chopper Cherry Charrington, the marathon running man. Five, wolf in sheep's clothing out of five. I did not see that coming. 
I'm not a comic reader, so I had no clue. What an episode. My favorite of the season, from the start of the episode, it all seemed happy and jolly at the trade fair. This is The Walking Dead, though, so I knew it couldn't end on a happy note. It's a shame the Highwaymen were killed off so soon. I'd like to see a bit more of their characters. Looking forward to the season finale. This season has been fantastic. Can't wait to hear you guys' viewers on the podcast. Adam Fatah, who also writes in Do Nothings On quite frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will give it 4.5 out of 5 T-Dogs. Uh, it actually felt a bit season finale to me. Uh, Sadiq's speech was really done well, and I wonder he will, if he will become a future re- leader down the road. Andrew Park. 5H stands for a lot of things this episode, like Hilltop and Henry, how many heads out of five? What a great episode. It was lovely to see the buzz of human warmth and community at the Hill of Palooza. I thought for a moment the cartoon at the cinema was Foghorn Leghorn, but that would be too meta. I was on the edge of my seat with tension throughout. The good times at the fair could only mean bad times ahead. Pardon the pun. Uh, Alpha is super unpredictable and creepy as hell. I like how Daryl is shaping up as a leader with a really good moral compass, and it was cute to see his little awkward wave to Connie. Aww. The Dungeons and Dragons circle standoff of the Whispers was really well done and gripping. Looking forward to Carol being a mushroom cloud laying motherfunker in the very near future. Sad to see Enid go. I thought for a moment that Rosita was also on a pipe, but that was Tara, who signaled her own demise with some dialogue about their being, being there for her people. I have no idea what next week will look like, but I'm really looking forward to it. Mike Jones, five, a Pike Lee joint out of five. Uh, other than Henry, all the deaths brought me great joy. <laughs> um, the episode pacing was perfect. Those who saw Talking Dead AMC acknowledged they screwed up the show, so it wouldn't DVR right. So zero busters for me. Uh, RIP Hyd- Hydra? Hydia? Oh, Hydia. Okay, got it. That's Henry and Lydia. I'm not big on the shipping uh, abbreviations. Uh, Karen She wrote in, five candy apples, uh, top, top pikes out of five. As a comic book reader, this episode subverted and exceeded my expectations. It's now one of my favorite episodes of the series. From the pacing to the editing to that long take following Henry and Lydia through the fair, I was moved throughout the episode with all the different relationships and unification of the communities. I laughed at all of Eugene and Jerry's antics. The reveal of Alpha at the fair chilled me, especially when she turned up at the movie theater. Some complained that those who died were only minor characters. Still, I was shocked, gutted, and left speechless. It's not necessarily who was on the pikes, but how they revealed it. Alden and Luke standing on the stage, scanning for Enid. People asking for Tara, then Henry. Daryl's no, no to Carol. It allowed the audience to reach those conclusions with a holy shit before we even saw the victim's zombie heads. I can't wait to see the season finale take place during the winter. Alpha better watch out for Queen Carol. And uh, if you thought it was underwhelming that they showed quack a doodle doo, this is why. And I guess there's a a link there. To yeah, it's to a it's a cartoon. it's a well it's a well chosen cartoon as far as what actually happens in it because it refers to yeah. basically taking off a face. Like it, it's a good choice. I still would like to see what movie they're playing well, after the, the cartoon. The sheep and wolves clothing. Yeah, the sheep. So, yeah, exactly. And it they unmask right as Alpha sits down. Yeah. She, she's not wrong as far as um, people reacting to the whether or not the deaths are underwhelming, but it's like it's yeah, it's both presentation as well as how it matters to the characters involved, not to us, the audience. Like it's a it, it leaves an impact on every single person that that they're involved. Maybe not the the young kids so much, but like 
Henry's death means something to people. Right. Enid's death means something to to Alden, and and it would have been Henry, but not anymore. <laughs> but like <laughs> they all they all have their various connections to the people that you know they're associated with, which goes for any death, I guess. But it it matters in the realm, in the universe of the show, right? Well, those are all of our uh, um, Facebook reviews this week. Tanya Hines, uh, four point five out of five busters. This was a pretty good episode. I gave it an extra point five for finally being done with Henry and his stupidity. If he hadn't gone after Lydia, those other nine people would still be alive. Alpha is a savage. Aside from the border wall and her pet, the pet horde, when she called that whisperer over and stabbed him in the head just for being at the wrong place while she was being vulnerable, was a real G move. Uh, Alpha is way more scary than Negan ever was. I feel badly for Carol and Zeke losing Henry that way, but it was only a matter of time before he got his dumb self killed anyway. The Pike lineup was visually shocking, but nobody who got killed was anyone I'll actually mix. miss. Keep up the good work, guys. Now some Tanya Hines from our email. Uh, Russ, I forget the email address. Do you mind giving it up? It is WDTV at HHWLOD.com. Thanks, buddy. Always there in a clutch. And if so you Send join- in your, uh, your suggestions for the Deadwood podcast that Russ and I are starting. And, the, and if, uh, if you join the Facebook group, you can also get direct links to Aaron Neuwirth's uh, reviews of every episode of The Walking Dead at WeLiveEntertainment.com. You can just click right there. And uh, polls and other fun stuff we have going on in the group. So that's, again, Facebook.com slash groups slash WDTVPod. I think that about wraps it up, guys. Yeah. What a great episode. And cool. uh, I think we kind of covered everything we, uh, we got going on in this one. Uh, when there's uh, join us next week for the final episode of the season, the storm, the storm, uh, yeah. So they haven't. So fear is not previewing or premiering after. Yeah, they have not announced a date for that. I was looking at it now because like okay, they announced really... it on the Talking Dead. It will be in June. Oh, oh. So wow. So we're getting a break between. Yeah, it didn't uh... give a specific day in June, but. Uh, Scott and Gimple said it's in June. That makes me think it's a shortened season. Yeah, could be. Could be. Could I mean, guess. I mean, you gotta. They're not going to give you eighteen episodes in a row before The Walking Dead starts yeah. again, right? So that makes me. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll, we'll fill the gap. I guess. I guess we can finally get to the comic episode since we we thought we were going to push that to uh, to after the break in Fear. But if there's going to be a break between the main show and Fear, like it sounds like there is, then. We'll have some time to fill with some some comic episodes. So, if anybody has any recommendations for another episode that we can do, let it let us know. Um, so that brings more urgency to the in stock trade plug. If you want to get caught up with the comics, yeah. rush, rush, rush. Here's I a fun thing. Here's a fun thing that um, Karen on the Facebook page has posted that I didn't realize. The leader of the Oceanside group, the one that we were talking about, who's just saying like, "Yeah, Oceanside's in." That that person, mm-hmm. that's the little girl that used to flip off Tara when she was young, and now she's grown up, and she's the oh. leader of Oceanside. Oh, nice! Oh, yeah. oh. Huh. that makes sense. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. She's even... grown up now, like, and so and she's become the leader. The yeah, group. I didn't even realize that. I, I I keep forgetting the whole six year time jump thing. I don't know why, but I, it's just like I did. I guess because the main characters don't look that much older. Exactly. I don't know. It's just out of sight, out of mind. I guess. Awesome. Well, until next week. Uh, we've covered that last episode. Mm-hmm. There's no more room in hell. Or why don't you tell everybody where we can find you guys, Aaron? 
when there is no more room in hell, you can find me writing about uh, movies over on WeLiveEntertainment.com, as well as my Walking Dead reviews. The better the episode, the better the review. That's not necessarily true. Um, but I, I write over there. I also host my own podcast with my co-host Abe, uh, out now with Aaron and Abe. We talk about the weekly movie releases. We just had a whole episode on Jordan Peele's Us, which was... A lot of good fun right there. And we also recently recorded a new commentary track. We do commentary tracks every month for different movies. We talked about The Matrix, and there's plenty of other stuff coming down the pike. <laughs> and um, the, the pun wasn't intended, but then it got there. And I'm um, on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Daryl? Uh, yeah, you can catch me on uh, Nothing's On with Jim and, and Donnie, uh, and we probably will have a an us review uh coming up this week sometime if we can get it all together and scheduled uh and also you can catch me and russ on the gotham by geeks uh batman podcast as well and we have a marvel mix uh podcast we can check out the uh captain marvel review that we did not too long ago and uh, i'm sure we're going to do a shazam a shazam one for dc all-stars so yep sweet russ uh, this very network, HHWLOD.com. Just stay tuned here and, like uh, Daryl said, over at Gotham by Geeks. And Rich. Yep, right here and also on the DC All Stars that Daryl mentioned over on the Taylor Network. And um, I have the perfect name for the Deadwood cast. You guys need to release it in the mornings and call it Morning Deadwood. Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. And as uh, Daryl said, you can catch. Him and me and professional comedian Donnie Salvo on uh, Nothing's On Weekly, where we talk about um, uh, movies and TV and the, new, the news associated with those. And uh, the uh, Us spoiler cast is also going to be coming up, the Taylor Network of Podcast. And you can catch me, um, I think it's going to be next week, it'll be coming out, Cult Cinema Cavalcade, our good friend Brandon Peters, is hitting his 100th episode. And we're celebrating by watching the new opus by legendary... Uh, uh, filmmaker Neil Breen called Twisted Pear. If you don't know who Neil Breen is, by all means, Google him. He is the Ed Wood of our generation. Uh, and that's giving him a lot of credit. Ed Wood is actually probably a better filmmaker. But anyway... More coherent. <laughs> or yes, more coherent. Uh, also, you can catch me at oldmagicgaming.com. Every week we release a brand new uh, D&D uh, real play, actual play uh, podcast where we take our game... Uh, edit it down, put in some soundtrack, uh, music, sound effects, all kinds of good stuff, and uh, turn into more of a radio play thing, uh, um, you know, theater of the mind type stuff. And I just wanted to shout out uh, our friend uh, Maat, who's a part of our group, who just got nominated for an Emmy, which is a uh, like a D and D uh, award for Great. one of the um, modules that she created. Yeah, so check that out by all means. Uh, so. Now we've got all the plugs out of the way, and we talked about the Walking Dead episode. Well, there's no more room in hell, and the dead walk the earth. Remember to look for sweaters, because winter is coming. And keep your head up. Things will get better. Yeah, don't lose your head. Well, and I'll tell you, too, is uh, I I really expected, um, I don't know where I was going with that. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Bump up pass. No, I... He's living no. in a green. He's living in a green state. No, I, I, I have taken a bunch of Nyquil, so that's. Oh, yeah. that's is that what you kids do out there now? No, I have. Yeah, they call it quilling it. So <laughs> I'm so congested right now, I can barely breathe. That was your light last night. I was quilling it. You know, <laughs> quilling it left and right. Quilling it all night.
Yeah, I was doing a little uh, Netflix and Quill. Yeah. And they got no cut of Justice League, and we're complaining about not getting the Snyder cut. I mean, I mean, I could have put Dark Knight on there. After. <laughs> All right, cool. Snyder cast. Is that called the Owls of Gahuli cast? Yeah. <laughs> no. Who? Who? <laughs> Sucker Punch cast. Oh. oh, that movie. I will defend that movie. Sucker Punch? Maybe the only one, but yeah, I will. Visually, it was fantastic. Visually. Friend of, friend of Out Now, Scott Mendelson. He's, he's a fan of Sucker Punch. He's... The family film, too. Me and Johnny M on that hill alone. <laughs> That's a good family film. Hey, it, it certainly had actors that showed up to film something. Oh, <laughs> that is true. It was a movie. <laughs>